0: Okay, guys, back to uh, Galatians chapter one, and we are poised, I think, to to pick up the speed, um, but I don't know how how, uh, poised we are, um, because there's something that I'd really like to just kind of do, um, almost in defense of... um, Obnoxious people like myself. Um as obnoxious as I am, I've never called anybody you brood of vipers. I've never done that. Uh I've never <clears throat> I've never um I've never said you're a pack of dogs. I've never done that. Um I've never said about any of my uh, um, religious or theological opponents that I wish they would go to hell. I've never said that. Um, I've never said. Um, I mean, I don't even know how to, I don't know how to explain this. In fact, flip over to uh, chapter five of the book of Galatians and um, and look at verse twelve with me. Uh, Well, let me read 11 and 12. This is chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. And I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why do I still suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased. I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. Now, um, of course, in that little context right there, he's talking about circumcision. And you, circumcision is something that's cutting. It's bloodletting. And um, and in this, in this text, I, I don't know exactly what he's saying. I wish they'd just chop their heads off or, or something like that. You know, I've never said anything like that. Um, but verse at verse six, um, ultimately, it, it really gets hot and heavy in verse eight and nine. And then, of course, later when we get to chapter five. Um, but I, I want to say a word in defense of the apostle Paul. Um because uh some of his language here is is pretty is pretty um oh I don't know. I guess we would call it particularly in our refined and uh, you know politically correct culture, we'd call this rather offensive, you know. You dogs, you know. Um <clears throat> I wish you'd just go out and mutilate yourself. <laughs> I mean that's 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 not language that we like to use, and we're we're reluctant to you know speak that definitively against uh, you know folks that um, uh, are uh, saying something different. And so I, I, I thought it might be necessary, just by way of introduction to this whole section, and then of course, to the overall tenor of the book, to say something about this kind of language that we're about to um, happen upon. Um, ultimately when we get down to verse 8 and 9. Um, because, guys, there is a balance that needs to be struck in in dealing with people who are courting error. Um, and the balance, I think, you you really see in the Lord Jesus, and I think you see it in the Apostle Paul. Um, and, and the balance looks something like this. Um... If you are misled, uh, the New Testament always deals with you with gentleness. But if you are a misleader, the Bible doesn't spare you anything. Um, The language that Paul uses comes in second only to the language that Jesus uses. You know, he uses language like this, you brood of vipers. Wow. I mean, we wouldn't say that about our worst spiritual enemy. I mean, we wouldn't say that about a Joel Osteen um, or a Joyce Meyer. We wouldn't say that, brood of vipers. But let me tell you somebody who would. Jesus Christ. I mean, we would never say about Joel Osteen. I wish you'd just go to hell. But Paul would. I wish you'd just mutilate yourself. But Paul would. We we kind of live in a in a um, little an, um, enclave of niceness. Where, where spiritual truth is not as valuable to us as it was to the Apostle Paul, and if truth were, or if men's possession of error was as important to us as it was to the Apostle Paul, I think our language would reflect that. We would say harder things. Not yet, well, you know, we disagree over that. But I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, somebody that tells you that you've got to go be baptized in a certain way so that you might uh, know that you're a saved person. Do you know what Jesus would call that? He would say, you're a viper. And, and Paul would look at you and say, I wish that you'd mutilate yourself because what you have done is not that you're misled, you're a misleader. There's a distinction that is made. In fact, every time you see Jesus looking out over multitudes, it's almost inevitable what the next few words are going to be. There's going to be a, in the next few words you're going to find the word compassion in there somewhere. You know, that he looks out of the multitudes and he looks with compassion because they look like a bunch of sheep without a shepherd and and, and he's very tender towards the misled. But he is not tender, nor is the apostle Paul, on anyone who's doing the misleading. Um, Those who who have who have adopted error, he's very tender towards. But those who promote error, somebody's got to stand up and say, You're a viper. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, Joyce Meyer's a viper. George Olstein is a viper. Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagen—they are vipers. That's a brood of vipers. Oh well, Doctor Young, I mean, you shouldn't be talking like that. Well, according to whom, or according to what? According to this book. I mean, I mean, and i, I don't mean to, you know, to thump a Bible. I'm just telling you, when you get to this section of the book of Galatians, Paul just lets out all the stops when he is. Um, Opposing opposing error. Hey guys, I've got I've got a bunch of stuff in my notes here, but I, I really don't think you need to I, I need to go there. I mean, Matthew chapter 23, you know, Jesus is talking about, you know, you whitewashed sepulchres. You know those passages, don't you? I mean, I don't need to show them to you, do I? Um Matthew twelve is where he talks about a brood of vipers. Um Now, those are never aimed at the misled, but they are aimed at the misleaders, the teachers of error. Uh, Jesus is not gentle. And whatever you see in the Apostle Paul, he's simply mimicking his Savior. I think we're the ones who are too nice. We're the ones who... Um, well, I mean, you know, you don't want to talk like that cuz you know, you know, we're all in the, you're not we're old in the same kind of religion. No, I'm not. I don't know about you, but I am not in the same religion with Joel Osteen. I'm not in the same thing. I'm not in the same religion with Joyce Meyer. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in the same religion that says you must be baptized to be saved. I'm not in that. I'm not in that. I would say to you ladies and gentlemen, that is what Paul is well, that's, that adding baptism, is a different gospel, like he says in verse 6. It's a different gospel. It's a gospel of law, and we're going to talk about that in a, in a, a little bit more in a minute. But the first thing that I wanted to do is just defend my friend, Paul. <laughs> um, because he speaks with, um, I mean, it's not just passion. It's just, it's, he's combative. And I wonder where that willingness to enter into combat over the truth exists in the 21st century church. It's not. It's not. It's pretty rare, wouldn't you agree? We um, we think that, that you're saved by niceness. Um, well, you're not. We're not. And um, this section of of Galatians is going to um, um it's it's going to be a little bit unsettling. To those who uh, are nice um, to a fault, there there comes a time, ladies and gentlemen, when we speak to the misleaders with with nothing but brutal viper language. Um. You know, so there's a distinction. Is what I'm saying, there's a distinction that's always made by Jesus and the when Apostle Paul is talking about these guys, he's not talking about the. Uh, I mean, he's he's pleading with his Galatian friends, but he is describing those who came to Galatia and misled them. And he says, "I know that you don't like me saying this, uh, and I'm not trying to be cute, but I'm telling you the the Greek language of verses eight and nine is 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 the Greek word anathema." Uh, from which we get our English word anathema," which is a divine ban, when I say he 's saying, "Let him go to hell, I think that is true to that word. I think it is, so but you think well, you know you shouldn 't talk like that, Jimmy, and um, you know uh, I understand uh, your sentiment, but ultimately there 's a distinction to be made between the between the um, the captive and the captor um, uh, between the enemy and the hostage, um, we, we have to we have to be very tender to the hostage and the captive, but very firm. You know, it's like it's like dealing with a dog who just bit your four year old. I mean, you're very tough with the dog, but you're very gentle with the with the four year old. Uh, we have to make that distinction. Uh, those in captivity, we are gentle. But those who brought them into captivity, you take the gloves off. Um, Now, that said, um, I want you to read, I mean, I want to read verse 6. By the way, I I, I, I inserted that here is because we're, the reason I did is because um, we spent two weeks talking about the existence of a different gospel. And so what I, I tried to do is take two weeks and just define the real one. But now we're in a section where the language is going to stiffen up. Um, and I, I wanted you to get ready for the the stiffer language that we're going to see in the next coming couple of weeks. Uh, but verse six says, "I marvel that you are turning away so soon from Him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel." Um, guys, I don't want you to miss this. Um, even though Paul is um, is uh, he makes this distinction between the captive and the captor, he still points out that they are responsible for their defection. In the, in the Greek language, uh, and we have it in the English language too, we just don't call it a, uh, a voice. In the in the Greek language, you have what is um, called the active and the passive. We have that in the English. But in the Greek language, you also have the middle. We don't have it, anything um, uh, that compares with the middle voice. Uh, we, we don't have that. Um. But in the Greek language, what, what, this, this, um, this verb, I marvel that you are turning away. You are turning away. That, that verb right there is in the middle voice. And what it, is, what it suggests is, or I mean what would be clearer, I think, um, is that it would be translated something like this. I marvel that you yourselves are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ. That's what the middle voice does. It's reflexive, or it's you yourself. You're doing this. This defection, although I'm going to be really hard on the guys who came to you, ultimately, the defection you're responsible for. You cannot blame it on those who misled you. You were the ones. You were the deserters. You're the turncoats. You yourselves did this, and that's, that's reflected in that. Um, that middle voice verb that's found right there in those opening words. Um, one of the things that is a, a marvel to me, I marvel that you were turning away so soon. Some of your translations say so quickly. Um, <laughs> do you know who, who introduced the gospel to this area of the world, Galatia? Well, that would be the Apostle Paul. And um, after months, I don't know how long he was in Galatia. I, I, I think We could probably find that out in the book of Acts, but uh, I don't know how long he was there. But let's just say months. Um, after months of faithful ministry, on the part of the apostle Paul, um, it can be thro- overthrown in a weekend. Um, Paul had to deal with watching people that he preached to defect. Now, gang, um, the rest of this, kind of every word I'd, I'd like for you to take a look at, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him. Um, they didn't leave a church. They left him. The desertion wasn't of a movement. The desertion was of him. It wasn't an it that they deserted. It was a him. Christ had called them in the, you see, in the grace of Christ, uh, they had been called unto grace, but they had defected into law. And, and, and I, I think you know that. Um, the backdrop of the book is that these guys called Judaizers had come to Galatia and said, oh, yeah, 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 Paul's got a gospel all right, and he's preaching a gospel, but it's just the defective one. It's, it's just not quite complete. What you must do is obey the law of Moses and, and be circumcised. So that's what, that's what Paul is combating, that thing, that message. So when I say they were called in grace, but they had to, Defected into law. That's what I mean. They had had gone from this this free offer of the gospel of grace. And they had said, oh, no, no, no. That's that's good. What Paul preached was good. But it just wasn't quite enough. And so we've got to finish it off with with, with, um, going out and getting ourselves baptized. Here it was circumcision. I I don't see one whit of difference in what the Judaizers were doing and what those are doing uh, by adding baptism to the gospel. I don't see one smidgen of difference between those two things. They're different events, yes, but you're adding something. And we love to add something. We love law. Our default mode is law. We like to contribute. We want to think we can contribute. Because if we can contribute, it gives us something in which we might boast. That we might differentiate ourselves from everybody else because, yeah, yeah, but we did that. Now, gang, if you do that, notice what is being said in this, this verse. You have deserted, not a theological position, You have deserted him. That's what, that's what you turned from. You, you didn't turn from a, a, a church, a doctrinal stance. You turned from him because of this, this lust to boast. You know, guys, this will insult you almost, but let me say it again. Um, I don't. I'm, I'm trying to insult. I'm just saying because I think you already know this. But but let me let me let me just quote these words to you again. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves; it is the gift of God, not of works, lest lest any man would dream would have the audacity would even approach the idea of having some kind of boast in what they've done. Now, let me me tell you what you... If you add some kind of law work to the gospel of Jesus Christ, then here's what you've done. You have deserted not me, not the church, not a doctrinal position. You've deserted him. To embrace Law is to reject Him. So every person that you know that tells you that you've got to be baptized to be saved, what they have done is that they have rejected Him. <laughs> boy, the stakes just went up, at least in my mind. Um, I marvel that you, are, you yourselves are turning away so quickly from your church. You're turning away so quickly from your theological position. No, 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 no. No, you're turning away from him. Um, and then keep reading with me. Uh, you are turning away so soon from him... Who called you, gang, we don't have time to go into effectual calling, but um oh it's uh it's uh, rich let me just read you a couple of just one thing that Paul says, and this is another familiar passage this is um uh, this is out of Romans eight uh, I'm going to read you three verses twenty eight twenty nine and thirty listen. And we know all, that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are. Now, guess. <laughs> um, I don't know what your Bible says, but this is a new King James, but I think um, I just want to read it to you. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are The. (laughs) The called. Not just those who are called, but the called. The called. Um, According to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. He called. The, the, the theological term, guys, is effectual calling. It's a calling that has an effect. Um, uh, you, you know, <laughs> um, a, a lot of people seem to know Romans 8.28. It's a great text. It's a great text. And I commend it to you to your, just to memorize it. Um, for all things work together for good. To everybody? No. No, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that's a promise made to the called. The called according to his purpose. Um, for those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. Um, and those he, uh, um, more of whom he predestined, these he also called. Well, Paul is using that, that um that thing, I don't know what you call it, uh, uh, I marvel that you are so soon uh, uh, turning away from him who called, who called you in the grace of Christ. Now, um, one, one other just place, I mean, one other word I want you to take a look at, of course, is the word grace. This calling is a calling of grace. Um, but that, that relationship with God, guys, begins with that calling. It begins with his initiative. God initiates by calling. Uh, But God calls, and it is a call of grace, not merit. It's not us who went out and called on God by doing something that we thought was required. Um, So, If you leave, no, if you add something to the finished work of Christ, what you've done is left him and turned your back on grace and put in its place law by by doing something. Um, And if you do that, Paul calls that a different gospel. Um, This gospel, the one that he preaches, is a gospel of grace. It's a gospel that is initiated by God in effectual calling. Um, That's the one, ladies and gentlemen, that is pure grace because it is... It is uh, uh, rooted in, founded upon, built upon the sufficiency of God and has nothing to do with a contribution made by you. Um, Even the faith, ladies and gentlemen, do I need to go back and quote that verse again? For by grace you have been saved through faith and that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Even the faith. Even the faith, ladies and gentlemen. Um, To... To add something to that finished work of Christ is to, um, is to generate another gospel. Um, and that other gospel is one that has defected from him. You've turned your back on him and sought to be your own savior. Boy, that's a different gospel. Um. I was listening to um, we had a staff meeting yesterday and and um, <laughs> you might think that i 'm particularly unkind towards Joyce Meyer, but you know we 've got a guy on staff here, uh, Carl Kasperson, who is just a delight, um, but he used to work in the Joyce Meyer uh, organization. You know that don 't you did you well um, yesterday we had a, we had a staff meeting and and after our staff meeting, William, uh, this dear brother around here who we love, been with us for 20 years, I think, um, William cooked ribs for us. And so we all brought a dish, and we had ribs, and we sat in here and ate ribs and you know made fools of ourselves. And But I was sitting right next to Carl Casperson, and he was telling me – I mean, they were really asking him questions about, I mean, does she really say this? I mean, did – and 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 guys, I'm not an expert, uh, but if you want some expert input, just go directly to Carl Casperson; he can give it to you. But one of the things that I did hear yesterday uh, that was a position of Joyce's is that Jesus at some time ceased to be God. Now I don't know where you want to slice that, but ladies and gentlemen, that is a viper. It's another gospel. And it's defection from Him who calls by grace um, and calls us unto a Christ who has performed uh, perfectly on our behalf. Um, now, um, I've got to move on here. Um, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from Him who called you in the grace to a different gospel. You know,. Um, In this whole thing here, in this whole um, letter, you see how clever is the devil. Because um, what he offers is a gospel. Um, It is a gospel. It's just a different gospel. But he's offering a gospel. And now you've got to figure out whether it's the true gospel or whether it's the different one. But he offers a gospel, guys. Um. Um. What? What they? What the Judaizers were saying about Paul is that, oh, oh yes, Paul has a gospel, but we've got the better, the new, improved version of the gospel. Um. He's got an incomplete one. Um. And so what you need is the 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 upgraded version, the 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 the, the better one, and all it requires. I mean, it's just a small little tweak. It's just a little bitty thing that you gotta be circumcised, you know? It's just a small thing. All you gotta do is go see the pastor and get baptized at the immersion service that we're gonna have, you know, in the coming days. That's all! That's all you got. I mean, it's just, you know, he's got just he was just listening just this a little bit. That, ladies and gentlemen, is defection. Um... If you somehow um, assign merit to a human act which you add to the finished work of christ that is to that is to so quickly turn from him, what the Judaizers were telling their audience is um, uh jesus 's work just needs to be finished by you by you and moses just just add a little Moses thing onto your preaching and um and you got it um, you add a little human accomplishment onto the finished work of christ um, and thus the unfinished work of Christ will be finished by you. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a defection from him. And those who teach it are vipers. Now, Um, maybe you don't like that strong language. Um, I was about to say I'm sorry, but I'm really not. Um, And I can only tell you this. The more you study the book of Galatians, the more serious the words are going to become. As Paul attacks those who tamper with this gospel and tells their audience that Jesus Christ's finished work must be, it wasn't finished, and must be finished by you. That's what's at stake, ladies and gentlemen. Defection. Defection from him by a legalistic tendency. Let's quit. Our Father, um, I, I do pray that you'll help us to wrestle around with your word, not so much what Jimmy Young says about it, but to wrestle around with uh, the words that we find as black words on a white page, might you um, aid us in um, discovering that perhaps we have been thinking uh, that our thinking is somewhat um, uh, affected by a culture that um, prom- promotes a culture of niceness when what is need needed is... Um, something like a Jesus of Nazareth, to ride through the culture and, and um, show compassion to the multitudes, but speak with firmness to those who have misled um, those multitudes. Lord, we thank you for your, your word. It is, it is our life. Um, grant us the ability to understand it, an ability given to us only by God the Holy Spirit. We ask it, of course, in Jesus' name. Amen.